0: This is an Ace Radio podcast. A message from our partners. Do you know someone amazing? The 7 News Young Achiever Awards are now accepting nominations. Together with Ace Radio and the Women of Influence podcast, we're looking for outstanding young people who are making a difference. It could be through their studies, career, a sporting or arts achievement or volunteering. Share their story and help them receive recognition for their hard work. The awards are open to all Australians aged 29 or younger. To get started on your nomination, head to youngachieverawards.com. You could be nominating the next Young Achiever of the Year. Welcome to Women of Influence. Australia is home to some remarkable women. They're raising foster families, running cattle stations, living inspirational lives. Yet many of their tales of triumph are never profiled, never celebrated. So we're changing all that every week through our Women of Influence podcast. This episode, we feature Jessica Duncan.
1: I guess the really big thing came for me. Um, I, (laughs) I,
0: um, got
1: into medicine and I, um, I got sick and I um, couldn't, um, couldn't continue. So I um, came back to home, um, got really, really sick and Maury just welcomed me with open arms and um, I think that really reignited my passion
0: for my community. This is Her Story and I'm your host, Kate Mead. Jessica Duncan is 23 of Maury, New South Wales, and she is the youngest female to be on the Aboriginal Medical Service Board. She has volunteered hundreds of hours to the Maury Reconciliation Week Committee, helping coordinate the event, MC the awards. She's been a keynote speaker at NAIDOC Week. She's participated in the opening ceremony and undertook a speech on the importance of languages. Languages is very important to Jessica, and we're going to talk all about it. Jessica, you are a woman of influence. Thank you for joining us on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I'm a Kate Gabaninda, So that means uh, hello, Kate, and thank you for having me uh, in my traditional language, which is that of the Gomorrah people out here in northwest New South Wales.
0: Jessica, this is the perfect way to start a podcast. Tell me what it is to you about preserving your language, your traditional language. You are 23 years old, the youngest member to be appointed on the board of the the Aboriginal Medical Service Board in Wari. Tell me why this is so important.
1: Um, so for me, I've always been passionate about it, um, something I've grown up speaking with, um, uh, Yeah, so uh, as a as the deputy chairperson of um, the Pius 10 corporation, they actually um, celebrated uh, 50 years of their preschool Kaya preschool um, and it was there that I have some of my most formative memories of, of speaking language and being taught, um, taught our language and um, from there it's really grown and become a passion of mine and something that my mother was very um, very adamant about fostering um, within both myself and my brother that we continue to speak our language, to learn our language and to pass it on whenever we were able to. So in the year of, um, I believe it's the International Year of Indigenous Languages, I think it's a, um, incredibly important that we highlight and emphasise not just the fact that we are the oldest continuing culture within the world, that we are still here, we're still speaking our language, but it's being revitalized. Um, just uh, within re- uh, you know recent days or recent weeks, the ACG launched an app, we've went digital. So yeah, I think it's really important that um, our language is still here it's still strong and we're doing everything we can to see it pass on to future generations
0: Jessica you have absolutely set the scene for us so thank you so much you were recently a keynote speaker for NADOC week tell me about what you spoke about on that day
1: uh, yeah, that was that was a few years ago. So I um, I believe that was also I spoke um, about um, the importance of language at that point. And so I think, um, and I also uh, like to try to contribute back to the community wherever possible. Um, just going to whether it be the local library or um, local preschools or daycare centers and things like that, and just uh, you know just getting up and teaching the kids um, names of different animals or um, singing little songs you know like head shoulders knees and toes it's basic things like that um you know that you see the language being passed on and things like that it's really important
0: Jessica, I want to talk about uh, an award that you won. It was the 2019 Deputy Premier's Regional Achiever Award. It it was a huge honour for you. Can you talk to me about the volunteering that you do? You just spoke about um, the importance of sharing the language and making sure that the next generation of children coming through not only know the language but know the history that go beside it. Talk to me about the volunteer work that you do. Um, yeah, so I was, I was really shocked. Um, so
1: I was, you know, I was happy to be nominated and to to get even to the finalists. I was really shocked, but, um, to go on to win, um, was really incredible. I, um, I was so, I'm, I was so convinced that I wasn't going to win that I didn't write a speech de- despite being told that, um, that we should write a speech. I was like, Oh, I'm not going to win. I won't bother to write a speech. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I got up and I, and they called out my name. So I was completely caught off the cuff and, um, Really honoured because uh, basically everything I do, I think, uh, you know, that's that's what makes um that's what makes the country um special and what makes everyone you know that basic Aussie person in the country um you know you just get in and help out a mate or help out you know. You just do what you can. There's
0: nothing special about it. (laughs) Nothing special about me. (laughs) Jess, you're 23 years old. I want to tell you that when I was 23 years old, I had a a little baby girl that I was flat out looking after. I can tell you now that there was no chance of me serving on a board or having the skills to do that. Can you tell me how it's come about. You are the youngest female to be appointed on this board. It is a medical um, service board. How this come about? What, what got you interested in this?
1: Um, yeah so I've been um, really active I guess with you could say my civic duty since I was in my late teens so um, started in high school I was um, you know did all that normal stuff where I was on the SRC I was school captain I did all of that so um, sort of started dipping my toes in the water um, in that manner and um, yeah and then I uh, finished school and I got uh, threw myself into community work um, so I started joining committees um, got involved in things like my local reconciliation committee and I've been doing that for six years um, yeah started doing all of that but I guess the really big thing came for me um I <laughs> I um got into medicine and I um I got sick and I um couldn't Um, couldn't continue so I um came back to home um got really really sick and didn't know what was wrong with me and Maury just welcomed me with open arms and um I think that really reignited my passion for my community so um yeah like um I keep saying um that's okay Um, I, I fell in love with my community all over again because they were there for me at my lowest moment and so um, at the tender age of 20 when you're facing down scary diagnosis of uh, potentially multiple sclerosis or brain tumours and it turned out all right it was only fibromyalgia um, so it was I'd lost My biggest dream of a medical degree, and so I just threw myself um, wholeheartedly into community work. So it was um, communities, uh, community uh, committees, it was uh, boards, it was trivia nights, it was things like that, and that's what um, helped me feel whole again. It was the love of my community that um,
0: got me back on my legs. Sorry, I'm very emotional. Jess, you have every right to be emotional. It's incredibly tough when you have your mind, your heart set on a dream and and things don't play out for you. You said what the diagnosis was, but I, I just missed it again. So what did it turn out to be? Um, so I have had
1: chronic illness since I was, um, the tender age of 12, but I, uh, so I had, I had always had endometriosis, um, from the time that I was 12 and then, um, I was lucky enough to get into a medical degree and, um, I, then I got sicker and, um, I was lucky enough that it was only fibromyalgia and um migraines so okay. um yeah. rebuilt myself from there and um yeah back on back to where I was it was quite funny because um, in between <laughs> in between winning this award I um was actually very sick and um in and out of a wheelchair for three months with my health so um there was a little glimmer of hope in between everything. And I guess that's what really drove me to um, to join the Pius board um, because I'm so passionate about health, um, particularly for Aboriginal people, but also for um, women accessing health services here in rural and regional Australia because we, um, we see so many women who just see a shocking time out here in rural and regional Australia compared to our um, city sisters. And uh, it's something that I'm incredibly passionate about and I'd like like to you know, see
0: hopefully my efforts make a
1: difference.
0: Just you know what stood out to me more than anything was how you talked about the community really embracing you and because of you feeling that love for them, it's then your way of giving back. What has been your greatest lesson in this little period? Because I'm imagining that things were pretty dark for you for a while there.
1: Um, I guess... My greatest lesson has been that no matter what's going on in your life and no matter what you're dealing with, that there's always someone out there that's got it worse. There's always someone, you know, that's dealing with something that's so much, you know, scarier and things like that. And so that for me, that's what makes me get up and do what I do every day to, um, you know, try and make a difference, to try and do something in my community, to back to you know make a difference to it sounds silly but as one person you try to think that you know something I can do or organize or um, be a part of might make a difference for that one person and it might change or have an impact on their life and I think that's what really drives me as a as an individual yeah
0: have you had that feedback to you have you had someone come up and say thank you for organizing that this is the difference that it made in my life
1: yeah, at, through PIAS, we, and in partnership with Endoactive Australia, we ran um, the first ever, um, uh, I guess you could say, like women's health endometriosis conference here in and It was the first ever rural conference that had happened in Australia. And so a lot of women gave feedback how that was Um, just amazing and so things like that and um, I also run a charity initiative um, where we supply sanitary items and toiletry um, toiletries to people that are through local services and we do that really discreetly so people don't often say it to me directly but I'll have feedback from service providers and say You know, you've got um, people that can't access um, a tampon or a pad, or just some, you know, basic toiletries, and to be able to just come to you and go, "Look, I need this many packs. Can you just have them done up for me by this time?" That often makes a big difference.
0: Jessica, do they send you out to the to the schools to talk to the kids very much? I mean, I'm just looking at you, and I have that moment where I go, "You are." 23 years old you are more self-aware and more community aware than what i it took me a long time uh to start thinking the way that you are you're almost well beyond your years so are they getting you into the schools you talked about sharing the language earlier but are you talking about the importance of community when you're in the schools as well I don't really, um, no, I don't go and talk
1: to the school a lot because I think we're, we have a really rich community here in the school, so they've got a lot of other role models too. So I'm I'm really lucky too where I have a lot of role models here in the community. So the kids, like I often think that they still see me as a kid and I, um, so I think we're all really lucky where we all have a lot of people to look up to here in Moray and I think... Um, I was often I was only sitting here I think on Tuesday, and I was um, listening to a, a gentleman that I um that I often <laughs> we fight a lot and he tells me a lot and he, um I often think that he's mentoring me and um, he said to me you know community mindedness is is such an important thing and skill to have and I thought you know that's something that that really struck me
0: absolutely. And, um,
1: so I think more is, um, and often it's obvious every rural community, um, we're rich, we're so rich in in people
0: that are inspiring. Jess, who inspires you then in the community? <laughs> Tell me one person and why. That's such a
1: cliche, but it has to be my mum.
0: Tell me um, about mum.
1: Yeah, so... Um, it's it's so it's very cliche but it has to be my mum because she's the reason that i um that i am the way i am she's taught me um you know from the time that i was a child at, at her knees um the the importance of you know duty and giving back to your community and um enabled me to be everything that I could be as a person today um and every hair brain scheme I come up with um she's always there supporting me along the way and you yourself mentioned having a um having a young child at 23 well she was that she had me at 23 and then my brother not long after only three years Not three years um after but she's had a um an inspirational career she's always put my brother and i um first um she's my carer with all my health issues um and she's an uh, um, enormous figure within um community work so yeah i often think that um growing up with her has been sort of serving a um a bit of an apprenticeship in community work so it's been a wonderful um journey that we're working walking together and how we can um, contribute
0: yes. to our community. I'm listening to your story, and I'm I'm watching this path that seem to roll out for you, and I do wonder, without upsetting you do you think it's possible for you to ever go back one day to do that degree to get back into medicine or are you feeling like I'm going to be just as fulfilled doing what I'm doing now and I ask this with no judgment there's no well you still can I because I don't know that full picture but Mm. I'm just curious no, it's a question a lot of people
1: have asked me and it's something that I um, readily discuss with my specialists. and unfortunately my health's just never going to be there to be able to do that. So um, it's something my mum and I discussed and we just said, you know, life's taking me on another path and so Pius and other avenues of just uh, where I can keep can give back to my community through um through the health and um hopefully next year i will um, fingers crossed graduate from a history degree so um, looking forward to doing that
0: absolutely incredible isn't it it's just a fantastic story and we can see uh why you took out uh that award so finishing off a degree next year and then what's next What's next for you? What what hairbrain <laughs> idea have you come up with next? And I say because, oh, you know just it was obviously- <laughs> so much. And every time I look around my community, you know,
1: we're in we're really struggling. We're in the midst of one of the worst droughts we've seen and um, and I think people in the city just struggle to to really understand how hard it is. Our rivers our river's dry, the town is um, not just our farmers are really struggling. We have no topsoil left. We see we've seen more um, we've seen more dust storms than we've seen um, rain, um, and. Where there's just no money in town, whether it be for coffee shops, local businesses, there's been a big push with um the buy from the bush with um you know local sort of boutiques and things like that. so I look around and I think our community is really hurting within all aspects and things like that. And so um, yeah, just really looking around and thinking, um, I'd love to try and be able to do something hopefully in the next couple of months. Um, around sort of like a soup kitchen or something. It's something Mum and I have been discussing um, ever since uh, I won the last award. I won the award this year. And so, yeah, it's something that we're both really passionate about as she's um, on the local uh, area homelessness board.
0: It's just you are just let's roll our sleeves up and get on with it. Can you, uh, for a moment, so I grew up on a dairy farm as well, Jess, so Mm. um, I have an understanding of the dairy industry. I think part of the challenge sometimes is when you see on the news uh, the drought and the no water and the, the farming, um, it's hard for people that have never lived it or been in regional Victoria, lived there for, or sorry, a regional area in Australia, to really understand um, that pain and that heartache. If there was someone living in a metro area and they've seen it up on the TV what would you what would your message be to them about what it actually is is like
1: I, yeah I think and people just don't understand that it's not like farmers are really doing it hard and when you come from a town that the whole backbone of the town is a is a farming economy it's not just it's like a it's like a little um pebble being dropped into um, a puddle of water, if we had any water. It's the ripple effect. It's not just our farming community doing it tough. It's every aspect of our community from our schools to our um, local businesses and every type of local business. So um, I'm friends with a a local woman who does catering and um, like a local sort of like tapas She's had next to no business, so local coffee shops are struggling, local people selling, um, I don't know, like clothing stores. Everyone is doing it hard and it's so difficult. And from then in turn, when you go to run things like um, fundraising people just have no money to donate because they themselves are struggling so every aspect of the community is struggling whether it be people in directly in agricultural industries people trying to make a livelihood in non-agricultural industries and even people trying to then fundraise for people directly um like struggling from low socioeconomic backgrounds because there is no money to even do charity initiatives anymore. And it's a vicious cycle which none of us can see and end in sight. So please come and visit us. We're beautiful hospitality out here, beautiful country spirit. And, um, yeah, just take a gander out to the country.
0: Maury, so what's the, what's the one thing I need to see or do when I get there? What's, what's Give us oh. your um, tourist um, guide. What's your one? You cannot miss this. We have a, um, we have a beautiful local
1: tourism industry. The girls at the local tour have won awards for how wonderful they are and we are the um, artesian capital of Australia. We're ranked top three internationally actually for our natural artesian waters
0: fantastic all right sign me up (laughs) packing the bags that sounds absolutely brilliant hey Jessica you are a woman of influence and I want to thank you for not only sharing your language but sharing really the message today that I'm taking away and I hope others are too is community and looking after your community do what you can when you can yeah I think it's something that it's, it, makes,
1: it makes me love not just living in Moray, but I think it's something that everyone can look around living in, a, in their local area, whether it be the country or the city, and, and it makes you love where you live. Um, if, just get in and um, help out, and, and it's something that everyone can do. Everyone can chip in you know, wherever, wherever you live. You know, it's just that really Aussie spirit about helping out a mate.
0: Jessica, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Women of Influence is a podcast for Ace Radio.